Celebrating its 10th year, the Outside Lands Music and Arts Festival is heralded as one of the most diverse and eclectic music festivals in the country. Taking place in picturesque Golden Gate Park in beautiful San Francisco, California, the park has been home to many timeless shows and festivals dating all the way back to the Summer of Love. Over the last nine years, Outside Lands has built its reputation on curating amazing lineups. From established acts and headliners to emerging talent, Outside Lands consistently brings music's best to one of the most influential scenes. So, how does a band get to a point where they're playing in front of tens of thousands of people in a park in San Francisco? Well, they hit the road and they carve out their reputation gig after gig. Outside Lands Radio and TuneIn, in collaboration with Gildan, will embark on that journey this summer with two of the most exciting bands playing this year's festival. Mondo Cosmo and Dawes. In this five-episode podcast series, we'll go beyond the music and out onto the road to find out what these road warriors do to stay human, sane, and comfortable on the road. This is The Road to Outside Lands. Just a friendly disclaimer, this podcast features adult language and topics. If you're around kids, please know that parental discretion is advised. Episode one, it might have been the company. First up, Los Angeles natives Dawes. This band has been on our radar for quite some time. Their debut album, North Hills, with its epic vocal harmonies, amazing production, and soulful introduction to their brand of folk rock and roll established this band as one to watch back in 2009. Now touring their fifth studio release, Dawes has learned a lot since their humble beginnings eight years ago. We had the privilege of tagging along with Dawes for a couple of tour dates en route to Outside Lands. Check. All right, we good? Okay. We're on the ground, Brooklyn, New York. Our first date on the road with Dawes could not be more excited. We're going to go inside, talk to the band, listen to a little bit of sound check, maybe sit on the tour bus with them and ask them some questions. But first, we're noticing a pretty big line forming at the front of the venue. Let's go talk to these guys, see what's going on. Hey, guys. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Good. We're actually recording this for a podcast series called The Road to Outside Lands. We're going to feature a few bands this summer. And we're here to interview Dawes. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I live in Alabama. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. We're going to go. The farthest for this show is Dr. Bob right here. Dr. Yeah, that's me. And, and the first time I ever saw them was at 2010 and Outside Lands. At Outside Lands, yeah. I knew nothing about them then, but a friend recommended it, so I, I went. And, and the, it was a, a huge crowd. It was a small stage, one of the side stages, but a huge crowd. And I was way off to the side. And I wouldn't say that I got it right away, but like I realized they were really good musicians. And then when I saw them next year, I became a crazed fanatic. <laughs> From which I've not yet recovered. There's no recovery. There's no recovery. You've got to be going this year, Dr. Bob. Right. I, li- I live in Oakland, so um, I normally go to one of the three days every year anyway. And guess which day I'm going? Saturday when they play. Yes. Hey, I see your Nothing Is Wrong t-shirt there. I have a feeling this isn't your first show. How many shows have you been to? Uh, I'm, I'm nearing 40. So, uh, such a great band. Happy to be a big fan. How many times have you seen the band? Uh, this is my second, but I wish I'd seen like 10. <laughs> what about you? 78. 78? It's <laughs> <laughs> the only band I would do it for, too. Yeah. <laughs> But we've built friendships around this band. Yes, we have. We have built friendships. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, not just virtual friendships, too. So. 
can't believe the dedication of these fans. I've been following this band for a while, and it's really cool to see how diverse their fan base has gotten. All right, let's duck inside and check out a little bit of soundcheck. We just walked into the venue, Brooklyn Steel. Big, beautiful new venue run by Bowery Presents out here in East Brooklyn. Looks like uh, the guys are just setting up, just about to soundcheck. Let's listen in and see what they're working on. Fans of the new record would know that's Quitter, but sounds so cool with the new uh, intro all stretched out. You good, Tito? Yeah, are you guys? So good. Actually, one more. Wow, such a distinct pleasure to be able to sit in on a sound check with a band like Dawes. The guys are going to finish up on stage, and after the break, we'll meet them out by the tour bus and talk about life on the road. You're listening to the Road to Outside Lands podcast series. We're out on the road with Mondo, Cosmo, and Dawes this summer, learning how they focus on the basics to stay comfortable on tour. This podcast is made possible by Gildan. Just like Dawes fans, Gildan is passionate about music and staying comfortable. Upgrade your basics today at gildan.com. All right, guys, thanks for standing out here. The machine, the bus, the thing that makes it all possible, your home away from home. Who actually likes sleeping on the tour bus? Taylor, you like sleeping on the bus? I, I, I often choose it, if we have a, if we have a two nights in one city and there's yeah. a hotel, I'll uh, decide to sleep on the bus because when you're in the bunk with the curtain drawn, it's pitch black all night and all day. Exactly. And, the, and even the rumbling is just, is really nice. And our driver's really good, but if like, sometimes, you know, when the, when the freeway forces you to go onto a rumble strip, that'll jerk you awake. But 
it's it's a small price to pay for how good the sleep is. Sure, sure. Wiley, you like sleeping on the bus? I do, I love yeah. it. I can barely fit, I'm about the exact yeah. height. This is the height of a bunk. Yeah. <laughs> Flat feet to the wall, head at the top of the bunk. So if it was any smaller, I think I'd hate it. At this point, we decide to get off the noisy Brooklyn street and hop onto the tour bus with the guys, mic them up, and ask them some questions. So let's kick it off by introducing yourselves and uh, tell us what you do in the band. Griffin, I play drums and I sing. I'm Wiley, I play the bass. Lee, keyboards. I'm Taylor, I play guitar and I sing. I'm Trevor and I play guitar. A lot of people compare being in a band to being in a family without pissing each other off too much, which I don't think Wiley's concerned about. <laughs> uh, describe well, each member a little bit, like who's the slob and who's... Well, this guy's a fucking jokester. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> as far as just like on on the road, who's the grumpy one? Who's generally in a good mood? He's in the best mood all the time. Yeah. Truly, it's like Griff unflappable. might be the grumpy one. I mean, in the mornings, I'm the grumpy one. <laughs> <laughs> and you see what I have to deal with. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we all go through phases. I mean, just as anybody would, of being a little bit honorary when you're on tour for a couple of weeks like any yeah. but we're all good at knowing like I'm in a shitty mood I don't want to project that on anybody else yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, yeah as time's gone on I feel like I've gotten better at catching it like even the other day we were at some festival and I walked in and like and several guys were talking and I was just like kind of just snapping back and like I was annoyed with everything and I'm like mm -hmm. and then you just think like oh this why I'm the one annoyed with everyone else I, I feel like that that should say something. So then I just kind of, you just remove yourself from the situation. I go lay in my bunk and read for an hour or something. Then I come back, I feel fine. But I think that's the, been the biggest lesson of like learning how to recognize when it's on you, which is more times than yeah, you would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a specific road strategy then, yeah, right? Yeah. You recognizing that it's about, you know, yeah. you spend a bunch of time in close proximity even with people you love, it's going to wind up. Yeah, totally. Affecting you in some way. As far as characters that support you guys, your tour manager Jerry seems like a character. What's your crew like? Who keeps it together? Who's funny? We, who's not funny? Who's serious? Like we try to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We try to be mindful of like, because I feel like there's so many bands that we come across where there's there's um, crew guys that really feel separated from the family, and 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 I'm sure there's a lot of upsides to that. But I think for us. The same way that we feel close as a band, we want we want that familial quality to extend to the crew. So the people that we work with, we consider really good friends. We don't, no one pulls rank on each other. No one, no one is anybody's boss. Like I feel like, you know, guys like Tito, who's our sound guy and production manager, teach us like how to run this operation as much as anyone teaches anyone else. Like it's not, it, it would be weird for for it for that for there to be that. Uh, separation between r roles. I think we're all kind of brothers in this whole thing, which can also complicate it because then everyone has an opinion. Um, sure. and, at times where it's like, well, okay, this maybe shouldn't be up for debate with all ten of us, but right, but right. Th but everyone cares, and I feel like because of that, you know, we we're we're able to all do a little bit of a better job because everyone's emotionally invested and not just here to get their paycheck. Yeah, it was a neat balance. I hadn't been around your crew before. Everybody's deadly serious, but you got the vibe that it was the family too. And yeah. that, that's rare. It's not always like yeah. that. You and, know? and, you know, you're always like ironing that out. Like Jerry is so 
good at his job and so caring for us and always making sure everyone that's in and around the operation is taken care of and comfortable. But, you know, sometimes it'll be the kind of thing where he, he like, he perceives, like, um, people, I'm talking to someone outside the bus and I, and maybe I don't want to be. So he comes up, he's like, Taylor has to go. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, and now I feel like a jerk and he feels like a jerk. And it's like, so there's sometimes where we're still like ironing out like the dynamics of like, but it, it's sweet because it only comes from a place of like, I'm watching closely and I want to take care of my boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He seems to be thinking three steps ahead. Yeah. Like yeah. he was you know, a couple of times that I even mentioned or asked him for anything, I couldn't even get the words yeah. out. He was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jerry. What's your favorite story about a crew member that you'll never let him or her forget? Who fucked uh, that, that story I was talking about JC last night was... What was the JC story? The JC story was we were playing at the Ryman. JC is, like, easily the coolest member of the touring mm-hmm. band and crew. He's mm-hmm. just, yeah. just co- super cool. And um, always really like even keeled and laid back and doesn't let anything psych him out. And we were playing at the Ryman, and there was a a legitimate wedding party. It wasn't like it wasn't like uh, he proposed there or something. Like she was in her wedding dress, he was in his tux. They were married that day, and they were spending the wedding party at the show. At the Ryman, so cool, so cool. And I didn't notice that at first, and JC had. So he came back in our set break in between the two sets. And he came up to me and like, and it looking all cool and like, hey man, not that I give a shit, but <laughs> but, but two people were were married today and they're at your show. I figured you want to know, so I just started laughing so hard. And so now whenever I like, I'm whenever I'm talking with him about anything, I'm just like, hey man, not that I give a shit. <laughs> like, could I try that one guitar or whatever it is? But it was a really good moment. He's like, no, I didn't mean it like that. I'm like, well, it was perfect how you said it. I love that because that probably runs through your head when you're back at home, too. Like, you'll say it to somebody else or you'll say it to Griff or you'll say it to Jeremy. Let's familiarize uh, some people with you guys. Did the group officially start with Simon Dawes? Was that the first time that you guys played together or were there other things prior to Simon Dawes? Um, There was, like, kid stuff when we were really, really young, but but Dawes morphed out of Simon Dawes. that's where Wiley and I met. We were with other band members, Stuart Johnson and Blake Mills. And then um, th- uh, those two guys went on to do other stuff, and Wiley and I wanted to keep rolling. Griffin was just finishing high school, so it worked out perfect uh, time-wise with that. Um, and then, yes, and that started, we started playing around L.A. Um, in 2008 and recorded that first album in 2008 and came out in 2009. Right, North Hills, remember it very well. And uh, family, music, musical family, when did you officially start playing with your brother? Uh, there's a video of us singing together when I was like five. Yeah. But I think, I remember sitting in with you guys at the Key Club. I was probably like 16. So I mean, I'm probably playing before that. I started well, playing drums when I was like 13. I what was that? Because there was wow. a Simon Dawes tour. The last Simon Dawes tour, we were opening for Incubus. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. on some of that. And he, and he came out and played some of those shows. Yeah, you I was like 16. 16. Yeah. Just a few I wish, man. Uh, so you guys grew up in Los Angeles. Is everybody from LA? Anybody come in? I'm Lee? from San Jose. From San Jose, from yeah. Chicago. From Chicago. When did you come to LA? Seven years ago, just about. Cool. Yeah. What other groups are you guys in? Were you guys in through that period before uh, meeting up with these dudes? Elvis impersonator. 
Disneyland. At Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland. Yeah. And uh, it was a national act. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but Disneyland, That's a yeah, for brand. sure. We were yeah. proud of that for you. Yeah. Uh, Trevor and I did some work with Shelby Lynn at different times yeah. before, you know, before I joined the band. Jonathan Wilson. Yeah, our That's producer. That's I met him. Yeah, hustling, hustling hard. I sure think. I was touring with LP before. Oh yeah, yeah. LP. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Um, I think that I may have seen you Lee play on a session with Nick Waterhouse. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was playing with Nick. I think we yeah maybe we did something in LA. It, exactly. Did we do that at this at the studio at Fairfax Recording? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Dope ass studio. Yeah. yeah. The latest record. Which what record number is this for you? You guys are prolific guys. This, this is, is number the, five. Number five. <laughs> Still, it's way, way too few. <laughs> and you think you're going to pick up that, that pace and that cadence? It seemed that you guys... I'm not sure we could unless we stopped touring because we've been doing a record every year for the last two years. Well, I guess. we did every, every... Until All Your Favorite Bands every year was... Every record was one every two years. And then We're All Gonna Die was back-to-back, -back, 2006... 2015 and 2016. There won't be a record coming out this year, 2017, um, just because we've we're touring too much. But um, hopefully we'll record one, and then it'll be able to come out. You know, with all the time it takes to set up records these days, I don't really know how we were able to do it with "We're All Gonna Die" because we toured um, all your favorite bands hard. But I think it was just because we basically landed back in LA and the song started coming out right away. Like I had. Uh, we're all going to die. It felt like within weeks, and then for no good reason. And and uh, picture of a man, and as if by design, were actually tried for um, all your favorite bands, different versions of them that didn't, oh, wow. that didn't end up sticking. Yeah, picture so of a man was actually tried for stories done in that one. That was one, it really. That that one it's funny because those four between release and tour, which was probably a huge part of why we won't get one this year on yeah. this last record. Oh yeah, we yeah. Started touring right. Yeah, and it, it was actually interesting, like to notice how hard it was to write while we were waiting for We're All Gonna Die to come out. I feel, mm. like, there ha I feel like there has to be this element of <sighs> feeling the record out in the world and like also feeling the record on a stage in order to then get Move on. some sort of like perspective on like, oh, what, is, what could the set really use or what kind of song don't I have or, you know. So that's, that's, a, that's always like a big part of, of helping me m m yeah, move on into the next phase. Whereas putting out We're All Gonna Die and then not touring it for four months kind of kept me living in that record wondering, uh, you know, how right. it was going to feel when it came out. Sure, it was, and how yeah, they'd feel on stage. Like in limbo thing for a, for a good second. I could feel the evolution of uh, a lot of those songs, the vamps and the stretches. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, they're starting to feel like their own songs live. It's really dope. Um, and it seems like that's a hard one to reconcile because you got to keep putting them out to stay out on the road to get the fans what they want. Who's your favorite crowd? You don't want to out. You don't want to off your 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 fans. But who's your favorite crowd? Nashville typically, is pretty Nashville. rad. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nash. There's a funny thing with Nashville because like everyone knows how to play guitar and write songs. So <laughs> it's, it's intense there. Yeah, yeah, which is which can be if you know if you don't want to get too too much can be an actually inspiring quality. You can where, feel the train spotting. Yeah, can, like yeah. just like they're listening in a different way. Right. They're not there to like drink beer with their pals and like sure. and sing along. They're there to like really key in and like, yeah. oh, they're doing that with the solo or they're doing that with the verse. Well, and you're um, writing too, I'm sure. They're so getting way in there. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's, it's it, and I, I, that's how I like to listen to shows, so I, so I dig that. Um, Minneapolis is always yeah great. Yeah, really it's, it's interesting like what crowds are like, 
just I don't know looser or, mm -hmm. or, or as, as like a community like have a have a personality to them and Minneapolis is definitely one of them mm -hmm. um, yeah we, I feel like we, we, we like Baltimore was a really like rowdy but really fun show the other night where everyone was really keyed in the whole night mm -hmm. Austin um, I felt like that Austin yeah you know there's obviously some some ground between the Americana roots of the music that you guys make um, being such proficient players like you know not a not a jam band by any stretch but there are correlations there that i think drive a lot of your fans to follow you fanatically like other bands from the americana jam scene would we met a woman last night in in uh, in line and i think you guys know who she is that uh it was her 78th show I'm in the 30s. I oh, thought I'd seen a lot of Do Dodge shows. But. Yeah. but she will never catch up to how many shows I've been to. Ever. <laughs> She's trying. <laughs> Do you know who that is? Yeah, we yeah, know. yeah, that's Lavinia. She's Lavinia. a very devoted fan. And we're very, She'll be at the next two shows. We're very, we're she's, very, she's I met a couple last night uh, that drove from Florida. We met two Florida. women that yeah, exactly. are friends. That One lives in Canada and one lives in... Oh yeah, where were the other London? London, London there, yeah. and they flew to meet to have a weekend in New York specifically to see your show. We had a dude come from Japan to see us play in Santa Barbara. Griffin invited him to dinner. He didn't have anything to talk about. He yeah. can't understand English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, well, I took him to sushi restaurant because really I wanted. Cool. I figured he could speak with sure our sushi chef. Right. right. And did he? They did a little bit, but they weren't. They didn't really like. He did, and he's from Hokkaido, which is like the where it's supposedly the best seafood in the world is. Right. And he said it was the best sushi he's ever had. Oh, wow. Maybe it was might have been the company. company. Yeah. It might have been the company. This podcast series is built in collaboration with Gildan. Keep comfortable and upgrade your basics today at gildan.com. This podcast is produced by Jenner Pasqua, edited and mixed by Kevin Karegian. Special thanks to our production crew, Abby Barrent, Jeremy Lavoie, and Andrew Broadhead. The sound recordist for the Dawes episodes was Marcello Lessa. The series is executive produced and hosted for TuneIn by me, Charles Raggio. Keep it locked to Outside Lands Radio for more episodes. Thank you for listening, and we will see you down the road.